the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Well, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. We're glad to have you listening in this week. Danny, how are you today? Well, Ben, I'm good overall. Can't complain. Uh, I know we always talk weather and football, but, you know, today... Let's not talk football uh, this week because your team slaughtered my team last week. Well, you know, for people that don't know, I'm a big Georgia fan, which has its own disappointments as well, chronicled. But, yeah, I played Ben's team, and uh, needless to say, uh, I was fixing lunch pretty early and, you know, relaxed uh, quite a bit. And so... (laughs) Just one of those days. It just didn't go well for the Razorbacks, but I still love them. And I have to be careful because my wife's a Razorback fan. That's right. So she knows where uh, real loyalty is and where you should root for teams. That's exactly right. (laughs) And if we ever do, uh, if we ever have somebody on to talk marriage and family, I can give them some advice about how to uh, to pull for your team and not get uh, kicked out of the house at the same time. (laughs) There you go. It's a good thing. So. We are very thankful for our sponsor, Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas. If you need a college degree or need to finish your college degree, but you think you don't have time, the PACE degree completion program at CBC in Conway has a proven in-class, online, or hybrid course format. They've got a lot of degrees to fit your schedule. They know you can't quit your full-time job. That's why they have the PACE program that's flexible. It's been helping adults for over two decades to earn their degree. You can visit cbc.edu slash online. Line. Check them out today. They'll contact you if you'll reach out to them and you can be down the road uh, in ministry, in training, and in other areas. It's not just ministry degrees. They have degrees in other areas besides just ministry. So check out Central Baptist College at cbc.edu slash online today. Yeah, we're uh, we're super thankful for CBC. And, you know, Ben, I was having a conversation with a guy. He's pastoring his first church. Um, he's so excited. In fact, his enthusiasm, uh, I think we all should talk to young pastors sometimes. They can just kind of revitalize some of that enthusiasm. But he was asking me a couple of questions that I don't think I took any classes for, whether in college or seminary. And, you know, the old joke, there's just some things that uh, that, that you have to learn uh, kind of in the school of hard knocks or just on the field. So it was a lot of fun talking to him, but kind of reminded me, uh, you know, one of the values that I found at CBC and seminary, even though I didn't take a class was just being able to meet people like you and others that when it comes to difficult issues or maybe just things I don't have training in, it's good to have other people that you can talk with that you can network with. And we talk a lot about that on this podcast. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do today was just kind of touch briefly on just kind of dealing with some of those hard issues when they're very uncomfortable when dealing with them can even maybe even bring a measure uh, of reproach, if I can use that word, uh, even maybe even onto your own life and ministry. And so, you know, we we make no uh, we we make no bones about it that you know we're Southern Baptist guys and we keep up with what's going on denominationally. And it's been a rough few weeks, wouldn't you say, of kind of some of the the things that we're hearing and seeing just some of those difficult issues again, that sometimes there just wasn't a college or seminary class that told you, here's how you deal with that. 
Yeah, that, that's absolutely true, um, especially in the dominational life. There are going to be days that are just difficult, and there are going to be people around you who do things, say things. You're like, what in the world are you thinking? Why are you saying that? Why are you doing that? And so how do you, as a leader, deal with those issues? Because sometimes there's those things even you can't have any control over. You can't impact it. You really can't make a difference in those and you have to kind of live with it so there's difficult days like that and then there's the difficult days that are just the normal ministry days and sometimes in those difficult days there are a lot of things that we have to keep confidential that we have to be delicate with how we uh, deal with them how we communicate about them so we're going to chat about that for a few minutes today yeah no i i agree with you so ben maybe we could start with maybe let's talk about some of those difficult issues um, that that don't necessarily need to have uh, maybe uh, some layers of privacy or uh, uh, along those lines. So, you know, think about your ministry there at Central and, of course, the ministry that the Lord's allowed me to do over the years. We've had some difficult issues rise up, and I'll just kind of use this one as an example. You know, just when you have a person in your church who is dealing with something uh, perhaps they're dealing with something uh, in, in terms of a moral issue. Maybe they're dealing with something of an ethical issue in their own life. Does it relate to their role as a, a deacon or a staff member or Sunday school teacher? It's just in their own life, you know, there's some moral issues going on. And, uh, you know, how to handle that when it comes to talking with others bringing in others for that. We had a situation rise up several years ago. This guy wasn't even a member of our church, but he was somewhat closely connected to the church and he had a, an issue and I had to bring it up to our deacons. You know, it was one of those things where uh, it, it warranted somebody other than just me knowing about it. So those are, those are hard issues. In fact, we're kind of dancing around it. Uh, and I apologize for some background noise here. Uh, we're kind of dancing around it even in this podcast because it's a delicate situation to maybe name names or name specific situations. So we know it's going to happen, but trying to handle them the right way is it's just super difficult sometimes. Yeah, I think there's two first things we have to get out of the way. First, if there's if you hear of or know of anything where um, there has been. Uh, sexual abuse or abuse of any type against children or minors, um, you don't need to do the investigating. Immediately you need to report that. That's not something you need to take into your own hands. Um, I know even in our state we are mandatory reporters. You need to learn the laws of where you live um, and determine what you're required legally to do. But that's not something you just kind of handle softly. So if you hear of abuse against a minor or a child specifically, or of abuse of power, you need to report those things immediately. Also, um, there are some issues. Hey, somebody, ben, yeah. ben, can I stop you right there? Let, let's talk real quickly about that one. So, yep. all right, I think the sexual abuse, the child abuse, those type of things, okay, I would say they're a no-brainer, but I think we've been proven wrong on that um, over the last few weeks. But I'm going to make a big assumption that people need talk about that abuse of power. That's probably one that's a little more difficult to discern because is it just a big personality? Is it somebody that's just a little too sensitive? So 
I, I think that's one of those hard issues. We don't always know how to read it uh, and how to bring others in on that. Yeah, I, I would say for abuse of power, there are some different um, levels of that and different ways that can be abused. I mean, it could be you abuse your power just because you're in in the work environment or in the ministry. You're kind of a domineering personality. Um, but it can, um, in the worst circumstances, end up into where it's um, forcing those people to do things. It, a lot of times it turns into um, inappropriate, wrong um, sinful sexual relationships where your your role over them um, in leadership or whatever it is can turn into where you are abusing your power and they are they don't feel like they can do anything in that issue in that circumstance because of the role you are in. So anytime that happens, one it affects your ministry. Um, and that person's ministry. And that's where you said, well, ago, maybe it's a moral issue that, you know, doesn't affect their role as deacon or teacher or some of those. And I was like, but it does. It affects all those roles and it, and it permeates everything. So we, those are a couple of those big things. We just have to make sure that um, if there's abuse going on, that we report it appropriately immediately. Um, there's things we, can, we need to do, and we obviously hope for, for forgiveness. Um, there, there is forgiveness. There can be healing, and we need to look not primarily at the um, one who has caused the violence or the harm, but to the victims um, and helping them and uh, supporting them. Um, all the while, I don't yep. think we should just automatically cast out the others. Right. There is forgiveness yep, think, available, but there right, also I think one of the there, there are consequences. Are yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the struggles we have sometimes is trying to strike that balance of, okay, we don't want to gloss over it for the abused sake, but we don't want to, you know, we, we don't want to be uh, guilty until proven innocent either. And so that's a really difficult situation that I think more times than not, we face those in our lives. I think a lot of older pastors that we talk to are like, man, I've been dealing with these kind of things for years. We just don't always know the extent and again there's some hopefully logical things like you mentioned early about you know calling the police and the authorities and stuff like that sometimes it's a little more difficult uh, yeah to and it's that. it's not our job specifically on the legal front to determine if a crime was committed or not our job is to report when we think things that could be in that vein we don't um we don't investigate that's not our job our job is to minister to the victims, and if you can, to the perpetrators or the ones who are accused of those um, things so that you can minister to them, provide spiritual counsel, what they need to do. And in the, you know, when you're dealing with those who've perpetrated those things if, or accused of them, you need to counsel them to be honest, to, to, be, to own up to it, to accept the consequences for their sin. And then counsel the others and comfort, encourage, and support the victims as well. You don't have to completely cancel out either side. That's where I think in years gone by, churches did a lot of harm because they would have a problem with somebody. Somebody would cause an uproar. And it may not have been something as serious as sexual abuse or abuse like that. It could have been anything else. But if somebody was a problem, they would just send them on down the road. If it was a staff member, they would release them, but they wouldn't tell the next church. Um, in our Baptist polity, there really is not a 
good way for to make sure that happens. And so it just kind of, they would kick the can down the road and let somebody else deal with it. It's not our problem anymore. And, and in this day and age, and really we shouldn't have then, we can't do that. We need to deal with issues when there are issues. We need to address sin. We need to be honest about it. We don't need to hide it or cover it up. Because the truth is, as Scripture says, when when light comes in, it reveals the darkness, and there is there is healing from that. There is hope when light is allowed to come in and shine into the darkness. That's so good, Ben. I, I think that's just great, uh, great encouragement for us to consider. You know, th- and I have watched a lot of episodes of Law and Order, so I feel like I could investigate, but it's probably not uh, probably not the right thing. And so, all kidding aside, though, there's. There's a lot to consider because these are hard issues. And again, yeah. we go back yeah. to the fact that if this were easy, if this were an easy thing to deal with, we wouldn't have issues like we have. And it's not just in the Baptist life. We see it, you know, anytime you organize people into a group, there's there's going to be uh, issues and some much more difficult than others. Now, I interrupted you earlier. You kind of gave one big point Um you were going to give a second one and you may have just incorporated that, but what was that second one that you were going to tell us? Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might, I didn't know for sure. I just wanted to give you a chance. Well, let me, let me turn it this way, Ben. So consider maybe a, an even bigger layer of this is when it comes to the guys that we are friends with in ministry, that tends to be, the harder ones to deal with. If we find out that somebody that I consider a friend, uh, somebody on staff with me, maybe the pastor I'm working for, what would be some steps of maybe, uh, okay, we don't want to kick the can down the road. We want to handle it the right way. So it's a situation where the authorities, uh, maybe I'm making it too black and white, but it's a situation where maybe you don't have to call the police, but you've got to confront this guy. Correct. Think through that with us. What do you, with a staff like y'all have, what are some ways that we can confront one another the right way? Well, I think the ability to confront someone like that comes when you have a genuine relationship. Um, and they know your heart and they know, hey, I'm I'm seeking your best here, but I also can't allow you to continue down a path that is destructive for you or sinful. And so we we have to be honest in those situations. Now, you gave the, the circumstance of like a pastor above you, if that's the case. Well, depending on the circumstance, you, you may need to get some outside help or counsel. Um, if you have another pastor friend or an association leader, you can help to give you advice how to, to navigate that in your church. Look at your church bylaws. What are, what are the requirements? How is this to be dealt with? If you're like a lot of churches, though, those aren't in the bylaws. So you, you know who the leaders are in the church. Um, and in any situation like this, the goal is never punishment. The goal needs to always be redemption. Now, there may be consequences. Um, and there may be some things that in ministry that we when we get there, we just can't. Some people can't stay in the role they're in because of what they have done. May not be abuse, maybe something else. So there are consequences to our actions from time, depending on what's going on. But the goal is still not punitive. 
the, the gospel is redemptive and it's not to punish. And so our goal is to redeem them back to the faith and to back to holiness and to back to pursuing Christ. Because if that's it's a sinful act going on in their life, they're not pursuing Christ fully. And so the goal is is to bring them back and redeem them in. So I would counsel someone if if you knew, especially if it was your lead pastor over you that was doing something you thought was illegal and moral or uh, along those lines, um, get some wise counsel from other pastors around you that you trust. If you have that associational leader around you, go talk to them. Um, get their advice. They might can help and go with you. Um, and at some point, you know, go to that person and say, hey, is this true? I, I think you then follow Matthew 18. Go and ask them, is this true? You know, hopefully you can win the brother back. Then take some of the leaders of the church with you. And if not, you take it to the church. Be ready. You may lose your job too in the process, but you have to stand up for what's right. And you know, the right thing most often is not the easiest thing to do. That's why we get stuck so many times doing the wrong things because a lot of times the wrong thing to do is easier in the moment, but it is always the right thing to do the right thing. You have to know when's the right time and how, but you still have to do the right thing. And that's where, you know, if you look at some of the conversation today, people are asking, what is the right thing to do? Well, there is a big picture, and you can't look out for yourself in that. You can't look out for money. You can't look out for reputation, but honoring God, be obedient to Him, and standing up for what is right. Such good, um, such good words of wisdom. In fact, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is I just love to get to hear Ben uh, talk through these things. Uh, really, you're very wise and discerning on that. I want to, I want to push in just a little, um, a little further. So sometimes it's not just about confrontation. In fact, some of the things I heard today. So it, it was a very bold statement that somebody made. Um, but you know, in essence, sometimes the decision is not about forgiveness, and sometimes the decision is not about even maybe the redemptive because maybe. Maybe things have progressed to a point now where there's some really difficult, consequential decisions to make. So I'm just trying to think through it, Ben, even in our own day-to-day ministry world of how do we, when do we, <laughs> why, let's just get the who, what, when, where, why. There you go. How, how do we get to that? How do we handle that well, even when we're past the point of necessarily of going, hey, I can't save a job. I can't save a reputation. I can't change this, but I'm going to have to take this step anyway because it's going to bring help and healing to maybe one party, but not the other. And so I'm trying to think through that for our local church setting. Well, to kind of use a medical analogy I've heard before, you know, when you have a cut, if you just put a Band-Aid over it, if it's a deep cut, a Band-Aid isn't sufficient. A Band-Aid will cover it for a little while, but underneath that Band-Aid, if you don't get in there and clean out the dirt and the grime, that cut's going to get infected, it's going to become worse, and it's going to grow, and it's going to you know, spread around on your arm And if you don't deal with it. So it's better off to get in there and clean it out first, even though it may hurt in the moment. In the long run, there's going to be less pain, and there's going to be more healing quicker when you deal with it when you see it. Um, so if we just keep putting band-aids on things and ignoring what's underneath the band-aid, that can be, it can be cause of a, of a 
cancer and just infection that can that can spread. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult. There're going to be some difficult conversations you have to have, but that's part of leadership is having those difficult conversations. And when you have those, you don't have to be angry about it. You don't have to be hateful. You go in love. You go in, hey, this is an issue we need to deal with. Um, and, and just your posture and the way you approach it, just uh, of humility, of love, of understanding, of hope and help, all those things go into how we deal with it. But there sometimes will come opportunities, maybe, or just circumstances where we have to go in and just have those hard conversations. We have to pull the Band-Aid off, which is difficult. And then we have to go in and clean the wound, which is painful. But it's only when you get that wound cleaned out that healing really can begin. Because I, I've known people who have infections and stuff, and it'll heal over, but there's still infection underneath. And if that infection is not taken care of, you, you have to open it back up later. So when you're dealing with these situations, you're better off to just go in and clean it out quickly versus letting it fester, letting it sit there and grow and, and develop an infection that can permeate the whole body. Yeah, 100% agree. And yeah, again, just really good biblical encouragement being there. And I think Jeff York said that, uh, and if he didn't say this, I apologize, but I will attribute to him anyway. I'm sure I can find it on the internet. If you don't want to be a leader, go sell ice cream, right? That's and right. uh, yeah, sometimes you got to clean that out. So kind of a heavy conversation today. Yep. Ben, I appreciate you kind of contributing most of that. Just uh, such great thoughts on there. Let me let me ask you one more question. Okay. And then um, if you were to sell ice cream, what would be your favorite <laughs> ice cream to sell and to eat? Well, you know, I've gotten to where if, if we go out to get ice cream, we don't get ice cream. We actually go get frozen custard, which is better. I got you. Yeah. And I typically have gotten to where I just get a scoop of chocolate. It's all I get. No no fancy anything in it or nothing. But if I'm eating yes. ice cream at home, I'm I'm an Arkansas guy, so I'm, I'm a Yarnell's ice cream, which is there a regional go. ice cream. But yes. I have also been converted to thinking that a Bluebell is an acceptable um, ice cream offering as well. It's an alternative. You can use it. That's right. And so if I'm going to do Bluebell, they either cookie two-step or they have one that was like Southern Blackberry Cobbler or something I had this summer and it was phenomenal ice cream. Okay. Okay. So what about you? You know, I'm a, uh, I think at the end of the day, there's two. I'm a chocolate guy. I love chocolate ice cream. But I'm a butter pecan guy. Mm. And uh, I grew up, though, I'm going to go back to my Georgia roots for just a minute. I, butter pecan ice cream is, uh, is really tough to beat. And so, I don't know, it's uh, uh, it's just hard to beat a good butter pecan ice cream. Yeah. I, it's a good option. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, some difficult words today. And, and really, I want to just wrap it up and come back and just say, look, you're going to have to have some difficult conversations from time to time. There are some times you're going to have to do some difficult things and report and say some things to people you don't want to have to say as far as illegal things if you become aware of them. There are some difficult conversations and leadership you're going to have to say. But that's the price of leadership is rising up and saying those things. But the Lord is faithful in every one of those to, to help you and to show you the right way to go and he'll help you shine his light into that circumstance man absolutely such good stuff and we're always grateful for everybody that listens 
go check out CBC, uh, check out their website and get some information there. Ben, it's always fun. And uh, we'll try not to make the next one quite as uh, heavy as this one. But I think it's on a lot of people's minds and I think you addressed it well. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.